Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, July 25th, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on the first full paragraph on page 84. Today's readers are Ruth C. on the 12 Steps, Anita L. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Chelsea H., Carmela G., and Irini M. The reference number for yesterday, July 24th, Sunday, is 8937. And our newcomer greeter today will be Mary V. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ruth C. to read the 12 steps of OA. Thank you, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Ruth C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Atlanta. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves that restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entire were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so injured them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God 
as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Ruth C. And I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. Our soul, um, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two Uh, from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your share be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star 1 to mute your phone. 
in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 84, the first full paragraph beginning, Are These Extravagant Promises? And I will ask Chelsea H. to begin our study. Thank you, Cassie K. Thanks for your service. I'm Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater just for today. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And I'm still Chelsea, grateful to be living in the solution one day at a time. Let me just set my timer here. Okay. So uh, first off, this um, brings me to the thought of the um, promises materializing if I work for them takes me into step 10 here to where it tells me that I'll need to constantly be monitoring my uh, way that I'm living now by taking personal inventory, and I'll know how to do that because I will have done the work prior to this. I won't just be stepping into step 10 if you're new on the line, and it sounds like a lot. All the other steps before will have been done, and this will bring me to this point now to where the directions tell me that we vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. So this is going to be going on while I continue to handle cleaning up those ninth-step amends. I'm not going to stop and then go and start to do this work. It says as, so that's in conjunction with it. So we commence this way of living. This is my new way of life, and it's in the realm of the spirit. And the next function, here's my marching orders. This is the actions that I take is to grow in effectiveness and understanding, and it's not going to be an overnight matter, so I need to practice patience. So step 10 is offering me a chance to learn how to persevere with the entire program with integrity. And it tells me that the way that that will be done is by continuing to watch for my inherent defaults or uh, defects of character, liabilities, whatever you want to call them. I need to watch for them, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. They, They may manifest themselves in many different ways, but those are the crux of all the different issues that have led me to be on the phone with you guys today. It led me to be a drunk. It led me to be a compulsive overeater, a host of other things. Now I get a chance to practice living in those same spaces with a different attitude, with a totally rearranged set set of concepts, ideas, emotions, and attitudes that I'll be able to react to life differently now when they crop up, not if. And here's the order of how I handle it when they crop up. We ask God at once. That's the pace. 
I don't sit around and start calling people and complaining about it or hand-wringing or any of those things. The first thing I do, this book has told me either God is everything or God is nothing. What's my choice to be? Well, my, I go directly to my power. I go to my power and I ask at once to remove them. It doesn't mean it will be removed then. It doesn't say I ask them to remove it at once. I ask God at once. That's my behavior. Then, after I'm centered with my higher power, all power comes from that, I will know intuitively from practicing whether I'm to call somebody else. Do I need to reach out into the fellowship now? Do I need to reach for some of the tools, the handrails of the steps? What do I need to do? This book gives me the directions. And I'm doing all of this under the auspices of love and tolerance. That's my new DNA. That's my code. So thanks for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chelsea. Who would like to share on the second paragraph that Chelsea read? Chrissy? Larry? Okay, her Chris Larry Kay. Who else? Kim G. Charles H. Reva Kim P. G. Charles H. And Reva P. And Vasa O. Okay, Vasa O. Let's stop there. So I have Christy. I'm sorry I didn't get your initial. Larry K. Kim G. Charles H. Reva P. And Vasa O. Please go ahead, Christy. Thank you. Hi, it's Christy G., recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. Um, thank you so much for your service. I, I, when they crop up, that's what, that's what I hear today. Because I have, once again, you know, I have sponsees and, and when I get calls from newcomers, in my own experience, when I get down in myself, when these things crop up, it's not, you know, it's not a once and done thing that it says in the 12 and 12, we're, we're not, we're not made pure as the driven snow and kept that way without, without this work. I mean, it's not, it's not um, realistic or a good expectation to think that they won't crop up. And this gives us the reassurance to let us know that we're not doing, we're not, we're not, avoiding working the program or working it wrong, it's it's just a sign to work it when they crop up. It's just an opportunity to work the program. And for me, it's it's also been about when I work this over and over and over again, and my sponsor um, reminds me of this all the time, that gratefully these things lessen. And, and even sometimes if I'm really, really blessed and I'm really have my eyes wide open, I can see the pattern and I can find it and catch it quicker and bring it to God even quicker. Because like Chelsea said, it's, it's the pace we do this is, is immediately. And there's, there's a, a, a caveat to that. And that's, I need to be aware of it. I need to be aware of the, the behavior. So, you know, that, that comes with time and practice and patience. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Christy G. And um, Larry K., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Larry K., Recovered Compulsible Reader. Um, so it says here, uh, we, we cleaned up the past. We've entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. You know, when I've completed the action steps four through nine, um, 
first, I made a conscious choice to let God direct my life, to let my higher power direct my life. In other words, essentially, I've given up the reins of control by taking these precise actions. And, and one thing's for sure, you know, th this, this was a simple process, but it was going to take work. And every day I have to, you know, chop my wood and, and, and carry my buckets of water. It's not, not complex, but rest assured, I do them even when I don't feel like doing it. Feelings can deceive me. Feelings are not facts. They can deceive me. And I like to think about step 10 this way. Step 10 is what I do each day in order to expand this new God consciousness. So I'm going to continue to take my personal inventory. And when I'm wrong, I mean I'm wrong, which is often, I'm human, I promptly admit it. And here's a, here's a simple insight. Notice it says when I'm wrong, I promptly admit it. It doesn't say promptly justify it because that's what I used to do, you know, is, is to try to justify when I was wrong. I was judging you. You know, to the extent that I'm still seeking to justify my wrongs, I'm clearly still trying to run the show. And, and when I'm in charge of me and you, I'm worshiping the disease of self. I have to try my best to give up judgment. That's a hard thing to do as a human being. I know it's very hard for me because I have all sorts of opportunities to judge you every day. I see what you do, and it's different from what I would do, perhaps, right? And so because I know that I'm right, I'm going to judge you in my mind. I may not say something to you, but I'm going to judge you. And I have to check myself before I wreck myself, right? I've got to check myself. And God has given me an insight to be able to check myself. As a result of working these steps, I've changed in a way that I get that pause. I get that moment where I can see you when I'm wrong, when I'm holding a resentment, when I'm in judgment of you because I know best. Well, you, I don't know best. And I have to remind myself, I'm not running the show anymore. The God of my understanding, a power outside of myself is running the deal here, not me. So I'm going to check myself here and I'm going to admit those wrongs as they come up. And I'm going to seek God's insight. God, I pray that you will give me the insight when I'm wrong. Give me the insight. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Kim G, please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. We vigorously commence this way of living. You know, I don't know about you guys, but for many years in Overeaters Anonymous, I treated the steps like that 70s game twister. Right hand red, left hand blue. I'd wake up in the morning. I think, well, maybe I'll do step six, or maybe I'll do step 12, or maybe I'll do step three. And, and that was just a jumbled way of doing the steps. You know, if, if we are vigorously commencing this way of living in step 10, that means I have to know the skill set that is required for it. I have to go through steps one through nine before I do this. I must learn to do that because what does four through nine do? do? It unblocks me from this power. What does 10 and 11 do? It helps me stay unblocked. And I have to find so many people, including myself, that are so frustrated because they're trying to do step 10 when they're only at step two. That maybe they pick up and say, well, I'm just going to get back on track and start doing my step 10s even though I ate yesterday. If the purpose of step 10 is to stay unblocked, that means I must get unblocked first. 
And this, if I all, you know, check your own experience. And I hear people say, well, I was told to do that. I was told as soon as I put the food down and I start working the steps, I got to do these step tens because these feelings come up and I need to do something with them. Well, check your experience. Have you been able to do that? Or for me personally, it was just frustrating because I'm reading these words that have no depth and weight. I'm reading instructions that I don't understand because I haven't learned the skill set yet. So as those feelings pop up in step one and step two and step three, what I tell people is use that as motivation. Use that as the urgency to get through the steps so that you can experience the freedom of step 10. Because step 10 is freedom after we've gone through one through nine. You know, I used to also have this old idea that step 10 was the review at night. I think a lot of 12-step programs have that idea. And when I think about it now, it's kind of comical because if I'm upset at 9 o'clock in the morning, why do I have to wait till 9 o'clock at night to get free? I can use that skill set right now. So this is the way I think about it. Step 4 through 9, we learn the skill set. We have the luxury of looking at the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years of our life, and we get unblocked. We had this skill set in step 10, and now the jerk's right in front of us. The guy cut us off in traffic. What do we do? I can, get, I can remain unblocked. I can get undisturbed through step 10. Then in step 11, I'm going to vigorously commence this way of living by having three practices, a morning practice, an evening practice, and pausing throughout the day where I'm going to take this inventory process to get higher to my closer power. And if I continue to do that and get that effect from that, What's going to happen is those promises we're going to read next are going to come true, and the obsession will be removed. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And Charles H., please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy K., for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater just for today. And I want to like, I'd like to thank the 11 panelists yesterday for doing such an outstanding job um, representing on the step that uh, – transpired your life, um, transitioned, well, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so, um, yeah, the 10 step, you know, this, like, I, I, I'm going to keep it real with you. Every day I got to clean up because it's dirt all the time. Um, this morning I'm rushing to get ready to go to work. It's going to rain in New York. My grandson, he's cleaning up the house and uh, misplaced my umbrella. Tight. I'm tight. My head hot. I didn't meditate enough. I didn't meditate last night when I retired at night. And those are some those are some ten step things that I realized that I did yesterday that I didn't do that I want to do. I need to continue for a lifetime. I'm not a guru here. You know, I'm a newcomer every day. God wakes me up. I'm a newcomer. I've never been to July 25th, 2016. That's how real I keep it. I'm a hopeless gutter, compulsive overeater. I'm not saying that to get no oohs and ahs. It's just true. I've never been here before. And and I made dirt already. I made, I gotta clean up. I gotta clean it up already. It should continue for a lifetime. And I wanted to say I didn't get to say because I was so nervous. Um, a decision. If I don't make this decision every single day, it's a, it's a dub. Because I'm gonna be stuck. The food gonna look good again because I forgot that I'm not cured. I got a bright idea that I don't have to do this. You know when I hear people, you know, call and. Sometimes I hear people online saying, oh, yeah, I did a 10-step. All right, you must be perfect if you ain't, you know, call me and give me your solution because I, I, I ain't judging you, sis or bro, but if you if you could do get away with uh, doing a 10-step once in a while or not consistently every day, yo, 
call me and give me your um, give me your method. But but for me and 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 I, I think a, a a a few other recovered compulsive overeaters, um, we got to continue every single day. And I don't mean to take your inventory. I, Charles H, you got to continue every day because I know. I make dirt everywhere I go. It should continue for a lifetime. It says four times in that paragraph, continue. Um, we should grow in effectiveness, and it says love and patience and cold. And I don't got that all the time. And I got to ask God um, to help me remove those blocks because those blocks come up every day. If I think I graduated, it's over. A decision without action is a resolution. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm off this. Peace. Thank you, uh, Charles H. Reva P., please go ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, Like everybody else has shared, I thought the first time when I went through these steps, when I finished step nine, I thought I was finished. And I thought, um, well, I didn't really understand where it said 10, 11, and 12 in the big book. But if I did hear about it, I thought 10, 11, and 12 were maintenance that we just sort of maintain uh, where I got. And uh, thank you, God, I've learned not to be shocked or surprised or discouraged if I notice every single day that I'm still selfish, resentful, dishonest, and afraid many, many times a day. Um, and it's very reassuring to hear in this paragraph that that's, that's where I'm supposed to be because this is the beginning, in a way, of Step 10, it's where I start to use the skill set that I just was doing very, very slowly, very methodically, and the pace is totally uh, picked up where it's like this condensed version of 1 through 9 in this little paragraph, Um, and I can go through and see where they, you know, outline each of those steps. So, you know, I thought, oh, I did some step 10 work last week that was quite, you know, intense. I'm done. And, of course, there's another one because that's the way it's supposed to be because this is about growth. It's not about maintenance. This is where I begin to really grow and fine-tune my program. And I also notice that what's coming are the step 10 promises, which for me um, are totally under underlooked at. We all make such a big deal of these. I know they're amazing promises on 83 and 84, but being in a position of neutrality and finally um, not fighting everything and everyone, um, that's what this is taking me to. And I also just wanted to comment that I notice that the order is a bit reversed because it says when things crop up, I first go to God and ask uh, him or her to remove them and then you know, use discretion and decide if I need to discuss it with somebody else. Because by this time, I've developed a foundation of some kind of a relationship so I can go to God first. Um, And not every single step 10 for me has to be, you know, shared with somebody else um, in such detail because it starts becoming an automatic working of my mind. Um, So... um, yeah, we just get to continue, continue, continue um, as we go along, and um, I get to do this with everybody else. Thank you very much. Thank you, Reva P. And Vasa O, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Kathy, for your service, and I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive, Vita calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. 
And I'm just so grateful every single day that God led me to the big book and the 12 steps and Overeaters Anonymous. I remember feeling so overwhelmed at the beginning. Oh, my God, how am I going to do all this? They're asking too much of me. And I remember my sponsor said, you know, we only do this one day at a time. And that's how I started with the food, number one. Just one day at a time, one meal at a time. And she said, trust me, you're not going to die. The night was the hardest for me. And she said, trust me, you're not going to die till the, the next morning if you didn't put anything in your mouth, you know. And anyways, um, yeah, and I, you know, and again with the steps, you know, she said, you know, we work this one step at a time as they laid out. And, of course, I was in step, you know, four, and I kept on going to step meetings, you know, because I wanted to learn more how people did it, you know. And even if, even if I wasn't uh, on the other steps, I still, my focus was right there on step four. But then I was also learning what is step five or step six. It depended on where, what meeting I went and what step they were, they were working on. I was open-minded. So I did go through the steps the way they laid out, you know, and from one to nine, thank you, God. But that was not the end of it, you know. Uh, it's just the beginning, you know, and uh, it's going, it could continue. It just continue. Uh, this, this is not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And I do this as I go along, you know. I used to do it at nighttime. And now, I, for me, it's like an automatic thing, you know. As I go through the day, I have this conscious mind. I can see, you know, where I was selfish, dishonest, resentment, and fear, you know. And I can talk about it. I can go to God, number one, because if I'm home alone by myself, I want to go I run to God. And then if I need to talk about it more, then I can call my sponsors, call somebody else in the, in the program. So it is a continual process, and it's not an overnight. And I thank God that I can go to a meeting like this or other meetings that are available to me, face-to-face meetings. So it's a lifelong process. You know, I make mistakes. I mess up but I can correct it as I go along because my higher power shows me and gives me the strength, the courage to, if I need to make amends, then I make amends. If I need to speak up, I need to speak up. At the time, Pastor. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you. Okay, is there anyone else who would like to share on this paragraph? Nessa Marie from Boston, Katie G. Oh, Okay. Katie G. Okay. Okay. I heard Nessa and Monica. Katie G. And then everything else was a blur. Sylvia. Harlan G. Monica. Uh, Karen G. Is that who I heard? Me. Harlan G. Oh, Harlan G. I'm sorry, Harlan. Who else? There was Sylvia. Sylvia. Tina S. Tina S. Amanda R. Amanda R. I heard someone else, please. Sarah W. Oh, Sarah Lois. W. And who else? Lois C. Lois C. And I heard a man's voice. Who was that? 
<laughs> this is James. James, thank you. Sorry, James. Okay, I have Nessa R, Katie G, Monica, I think it was Monica T, but it might have been a different Monica, Harlan G, Sylvia F, Tina S, Amanda R, Sarah W, Lois C, and James. Anybody else? Okay, let's see if we can fit all of you in. Nessa, let's begin with you. Hi, thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R, and I am recovered in Toronto, Canada. So um, steps one through nine helped me get unblocked from God, but they didn't turn me into a perfect uh, being, and they definitely did not turn me into a saint. And so as I go throughout my day, as I go through life, um, I still get uh, restless, irritable, and discontented, my nose gets out of joint, and all those things block me from God, and I need a mechanism to unblock me again and keep me unblocked, and this mechanism, you know, is step 10, and it says here, you know, our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness, and then it's a, it's a spiritual axiom that... Um, we either grow or we go back. There's no such thing as, as maintaining. You know, there's no such thing as maintaining. And, you know, I, I see so many people who finish step nine, they finish their amends, they put, you know, they think they're done, put their, the book back on the shelf and forget about it, and then, and then um, wonder why a little bit while later they're back in the food. Um, and, you know, this, this is a, a very, very crucial step. It's not enough to do a spring cleaning, you know, once a year. You know, we have to keep up with, with the dusting and the, light, and the light cleaning to make sure that things stay tidy. And it's exactly, and it's exactly the same way uh, with recovery. I mean, this is how this process becomes a working part of the mind. That's why it says here, this is a way of living, it is a way of living, which means it goes on forever. And, you know, it is just sad for, um, as a sponsor, for me to see a uh, sponsor really work earnestly through the steps, you know, um, white-knuckling abstinence while they work through the steps so that they can get to the point where the mental obsession is removed one day at a time only to watch it come back. Um, because this step is not used at all, you know. Uh, I'm still, I'm still going to get in my way from time to time. I'm still going to make mistakes. I'm not going to be perfect. Um, and I know that, you know, when I am disturbed, I mean, when I have a problem, I am the problem. But that also means that I am the solution. And so that implies to me that there's still action for me to be done, and this action is the action of of step 10, and I just cringe when people call them the maintenance steps because they're not the maintenance steps. Um, they're the growth steps. Um, it says so clearly in this paragraph, um, and I, need, I think uh, I need to take it seriously. We all need to take it seriously, uh, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Reeve, uh, Nessa R. Thank you. And Katie G., please go ahead. Hey, Kathy. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Awesome. Good morning, guys. KDG Recovered Compulsive Reader, Anorexic and Bulimic in Boston, Mass. Getting my timer started. Yeah, gosh, love hearing you guys doing it with you so imperfectly. One of the key components about being abstinent is uh, I feel everything 
a lot more. And so by the time I'm at step 10, when I'm not eating and asking God for help, for me, my body cues me in when I'm disturbed. And um, a lot of people have been calling me recently and asking me, how do you get through fear? So there isn't relief in these turnarounds as I, I experience it and I may be wrong. What there is is this turnaround process allows me to identify the core fear that's fueling all the, fe all the actions and feelings. And then God's like, walk through it anyway, KDG. That's the way you're going to get through it. Uh, here you go. You want to get over your fear? Here you go, baby cakes. Do it. And, um, and yesterday, um, I, um, we had some guests over, and they had some wonderful news about uh, a baby. And I am profoundly afraid of other people's joy. Um, when I'm not with God, right? Like if other people are getting stuff, where's my stuff? And if I'm happy for them, where's my stuff? But what I'm experiencing is one day at a time as I walk shoulder to shoulder with all of you is there's this shift. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm allowed to be happy for other people because when there's, when there's love and joy in your life, that that means that there can be love and joy and frankly in my life. And so what happened is we're at the, we're getting a meal ready and hubs to be looks at me and he says something and immediately I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what I said, but that's what it sounded like. And he looks at me like I have four heads and I, I felt that, you know, resentment not in my stomach. And what did I do? I took a deep breath in all that is love and God and freedom and breathe out all that is self. And the fear of other people getting my stuff, quote unquote, was what I had to work through. So I'm focusing on God. I'm focusing on the breathing. And for me, love and tolerance of others is my coat. So I'm breathing and breathing. And then I'm, I'm finding myself looking at our guests and saying, tell me about this. And listening and focusing. Re in the moment. Get back in the moment. Get out of the thinking. Get back in the moment. Love and tolerance. And about three minutes in, I am joyous for them, right? And it's not always that way. Sometimes I do have to pause, go to God, and make a call to get really cued in. But these are the miracles we get to experience when we take a deep breath and invite God into our deepest core. Doing it with you guys one more day, perfectly imperfect. Thank you, God. And I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Monica T., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. This is Monica T. I am a recovered compulsive overeater presently in Richmond, Virginia. So here is step 10, you know. Um, principle is perseverance. And we see the word continue four times. Continue to persist, to go on. So I have spent all this time, steps four through nine, doing a major health cleaning, going into every nook and cranny and getting everything cleaned out in my house getting, um, opening up that channel to God. So now what do I do to keep my house clean every day? And this is what step 10 is. Ongoing every day as things pop up, this is what I need to do. And I love this paragraph because it gives me explicit directions of what I'm to do. So this is, what I, this is how I do it. When I have a resentment pop up, I, it says we ask God at once to remove them. Immediately, I ask God to remove it. 
And he goes on to say, we discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Then we resolutely, without doubt, turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And this is my little way of doing it. So somebody has ticked me off, so I'm resentful. So I will pause and go, God, please help me here. I'm a real compulsive overeater. And you know what, Monica? They're sick too. Remember, Monica, love and tolerance is your code. Remember, resolutely turn your thoughts to someone we can help. So I take that as turning my thoughts. I can very quickly, as simply as, saying a prayer for the other person. And many times, this takes what, 10 seconds, 15 seconds? I will get relief many times immediately from doing this. If I don't, I do it again. And I also remember, you know, I have a choice. Do I want to go down that rabbit hole with this thinking, this negative criticizing? Or do I want to walk around the hole? You know what, Monica, you do have a choice nowadays. And I will say that to myself. And if the squirrels come back into my head, and I then I'll do this again. If the squirrels come back again, I better get on the phone and talk to somebody else. Because I'm needing somebody else's eyes to do this step 10, to turn it around, to see what I'm not seeing. So that's what I like to do very quickly when, I, when a step, you know, a resentment pops up. And the same thing for a fear. When a fear pops up, I immediately ask God to remove it. And I may pray that little prayer over and over and over again. And I will turn my thoughts to somebody else. We know there's somebody else out there hurting that could really use some prayer right now. And on that theme, we see that theme in the big book from the very, very beginning. Get out of yourself. By getting out of myself and turning my thoughts to somebody else, praying for somebody else or calling somebody else or doing something nice, it gets me out of me. And that's what, um, you know, the big book tells us over and over again. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Monica T. Um, a gentle reminder to everyone to make sure you're mute uh, by pressing star one. And Harlan G., you're up next. Thank you. Good, good morning. Thank you for, for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm calling from Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And for almost four decades, I have watched people ignore this step and have gone back out into the food because, for me, I didn't really understand that food is never the problem for the compulsive overeater. Food is the answer to the problem. The problem is the buildup of everyday human emotion. And if I'm going to look at this, I'm going to see that no matter how evolved my recovery gets, I will never rise above the level of a human being. But if I'm going to wait till I'm done with nine to do 10 on a daily basis, many times, I'm going to be looking down the business end of a Kit Kat bar before I know what hit me. Because it says very clearly, we commence this way of living as we clean up the past. That means I begin doing 10 and 11 as I begin 8 and 9, not when I'm done with 8 and 9, because the fear of paying that money back, the fear of facing those people I owe amends to, the anger that is going to come up in me as I think about those people that have harmed me a lot more than I've harmed them is going to build within me 
and is going to demand resolutions and the most quick resolution my brain can think of to the pain of these emotions is peanut M&Ms and a Kit Kat bar on my way to the pizza place. When I look at step 10, I must do it several, many times a day, as many times as is needed, but I'm doing four because I'm dealing with resentment, fear, dishonesty, excuse me, uh, uh, selfishness. That's step four. Step six and seven, I ask God to remove them. Step five, I discuss it with somebody when at once. Step eight and nine, I make amends. I resolutely turn my thoughts to someone I can help. Resolutely means with purpose. I turn my thoughts to someone I can help. Step 12, love and tolerance of other, the essence of 10. So if I'm going to do four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, and 12, five, six, seven times a day, food will be the last thing on my mind. And the most underutilized steps in the 12 are two and 10. We misunderstand 10. We misunderstand when to start it. And for me, if I'm going to wait till I'm done with nine to begin 10, I might as well start eating Kit Kat bars right now because that's exactly what's going to happen. I must do it as I clean up the past. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Uh, Sylvia F., please go ahead. This is Sylvia F., recovered compulsive overeater in upstate New York. Can you hear me, Kathy? I can. Thank you. Oh, it's so great to be on the line with all of you. I'm uh, on the East Coast for a little bit in the same time zone. Um, so step 10, what I love about the big book when I finally cracked it open with all of you is to realize that it has such precise directions. And if I follow them, I will get the promises. And so here on step 10, I loved that it said continue to watch, and it gave me four things to watch for, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, and then it gives me four precise directions here. And when I, when I first started doing my step 10, and I was so confused and in my feelings, um, what I did is I took out an index card, and I wrote down the selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear, so I remember exactly what those character defects were. And then it gives me an actual process to follow. One, we ask God at once to remove them. So I pull out my card. I just, all I know is I was in my head, restless, discontented, whatever feeling I had. And I pull this card out, 911, pull the card out. And um, we ask God at once to remove them. That's the first thing. Two, we discuss them with someone immediately. Uh, and then it says, make amends quickly if we have harm. So that's three. And then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. So for me, it became a very precise four-step process in order to practice this. And when I first got into um, uh, the big book discovery, which is what, and recovery, um, I had to do this up to a dozen times a day because I had done the steps through nine, well, through eight, and I was working on nine. And I learned so much about myself, but it didn't mean that I could practice it easily. And so this was an opportunity to keep on. It was like an atrophied muscle of connecting with God and getting relief. And I just had to keep on practicing. And that's how then I got the pause. I didn't have to have a sensation in my body and eat. 
I had these four things that I could do. And um, quickly, the, the, the character defect that came up so much for me was dishonesty, and it was dishonesty of thinking. I thought that was just a lie. But it was me having, you know, writing fiction, writing a novella in my brain about something that wasn't even happening. Rarely did I have an actual resentment. What I had was fiction, and I had to deal with my crazy thinking. And so that I, I rarely had an amends to make. And then the resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we could uh, help. Sometimes I would be so in my head that I would run through this four-step process, and then I would turn my head literally to the person in the room who was talking because I wasn't even present for them. And I would literally get out of my head and actually listen to what my husband was saying or listen to what anybody was saying and be present for them. And so, um, and because of that, the 10th step goes very, very quickly. I rarely have to call someone. I only call someone when I cannot get relief because it's something that I've been practicing on a daily basis. And it is the essence now of, of my spiritual fitness. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sylvia F. Tina S., please go ahead. Thanks, Kathy. Tina S., compulsive reader, anorexic in Florida. Heard so many really good things and so grateful to be on the line. And, and I loved what I heard, you know, and this is not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime. You know, this is, and I love what it was said, this is not, I'm not maintaining anything. If I'm not spiritually growing, I'm going, and that's just the truth. And I also love what I heard, that I don't do this when I'm done with step nine or I'd, I'd be back in the food already. You know, it says as we cleaned up the past. And um, while we're doing this stuff, you know, I continue on. And, and what I really like here is, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a, more of a fan of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous than I am of the AA 12 and 12, but I also like the AA 12 and 12. And, and what a reminder for me is that it says that I, it's a spiritual axiom that when I'm disturbed, there's something wrong right here, you know. And an axiom is the truth without question or proof, you know. So I can sometimes have a feeling of disturbedness and not necessarily know if it's selfish, dishonest, resentful, or fear, you know, because I don't always know what those things are, but I know when I'm disturbed. And I know that if I'm looking at you, I'm screwed. And that's just the truth for me. And, um, and so I have an opportunity, you know, one day at a time to clean up this stuff, to clean up my stuff, not somebody else's. That's not my responsibility, you know, and, and that I could go forward with love and tolerance because if I'm stuck in my stuff, I ain't got no love and I don't have any tolerance. Let me just tell you, that's my experience. And, uh, and I don't like living that way today. And, uh, and I used to. You know, but I don't today. So I'm more apt to do this deal, more apt to do it. And I love what talks about this is, you know, the practice. I don't always have to do it for me or five steps in here. I don't always have to do all five of these things. You know, if I remember to at once ask God, because sometimes I play God, so I'm going to just talk about it to somebody else. But if I have to ask God to remove this thing, you know, and then I go on to the next uh, step here for me, um, then somehow this stuff happens for me. You know, and, and again, I just have to say it's not an overnight matter. You know, I didn't get here overnight, and I'm certainly not going to grow spiritually overnight, you know. But I have the opportunity, again, like I said, one day at a time to do the deal and to get the deal. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Amanda R., please go ahead. Oh, this is Amanda R., and I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maine. And I wanted to share just a couple brief um, troubleshooting tips for step 10 where, you know, I, I do it 
and I'm still restless, irritable, and discontent. That does that does happen occasionally. And um, I think the first thing is to check, you know, did I do all those little sub-steps of, of, of step 10? Did I miss anything? Did I not reach out to to someone in need of help? Um, and, okay, so if I've gone back to the big book, I've checked those, done all those. Um, then I ask myself, okay, did I, did I do a step 10 on the actual problem? Or is there something a little bit deeper down that I need to address? It, it's kind of like, you know, you come into your apartment on, on a hot day and, oh, boy, it's smelly. Okay, so I take out the trash. And I wait a little while, you know, it's still smelly. Well, I need to look a little deeper. So I look in the back of the cupboard. Is there a potato hiding back there that just stinks? Okay, there, found the problem. So if I've if I've done that in a in a metaphorical step ten way, and I'm like, okay, well, I've gone, I've, I've done as much as I'm aware of. All right, um, still restless, irritable, and discontent. Then I sit down and I really, really, I, have, I take a a good look at the problem with regards to step six and seven, mostly step six, like having a character defect. Um, am I honestly willing to let go of that character defect or am I holding on to it because it's going to, um, I feel like it's, I'm safe. You know, it, it's doing something for me that, that obviously God is, is not able or willing to do. So I'm holding on to this character defect. And um, I think the best thing we, I can do at that point is just say, you know, God, look, this is what's happening. And I want to let go of it. I'm scared to let go of it. Um, please give me the willingness. And, you know, like it says, and just keep praying in, in step six, keep praying for the willingness. And it, it will come. It might take a little while, but, you know, if I keep honestly praying and saying, you know, uh, this is the way back to insanity. If I keep holding on to this character defect, um, I'm going to start going downhill fast. And I don't want to do that. I have a new way of life now. It's awesome. I want to hold on to it. God, please help me because I'm really just spinning my wheels here. And, you know, that's that's all I, I've got to say. hope it helps little. I'll pass. Thank you, Amanda R. Sarah, we have just about a minute. Would you like to take a short share? Uh, thanks, Kathy. I'll just share for just a moment. Um, I just wanted to say that, um, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive love reader, from Iowa. Um, the thing that strikes me about the step is that um, we never cease being human and that at times um, I I have not been willing to do the 10th step. And I pay later, whether it be because of my behaviors. I had the instance last night. I was extremely tired. I'd been at an event all day and um, came home and my grandson had been on the... Uh, uh, his, his game all day and, and on the TV and, you know, I just got crabby and wasn't very pleasant with him. And, you know, I know I need to make an amend. And see, for me, the way I realize this is that a little baby, when they're learning to do something as far as walking, you know, they fall and then they get up. They don't stop. And I know for myself, if I beat myself up and say I didn't do it right and I didn't do it perfect, I'll walk away from the program. That's what will happen. So 
today what I realize is that I get back on the horse and I start to walk again. And I need to make my amend and do it now. And that's okay because I am human and I will never not be human. And I am willing to grow. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kathy, for your service. Thank you, Sarah. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Lois and James. I hope you'll stay around for after announcements when we have our continued sharing. Thank you to everyone who has shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Irene M., could you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only on page 164. Yes, good morning, Kathy, for your loving service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini. I'm from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always give me credit. Your credit is due. Irini, I'm sorry. Please mute the line. Yeah. Uh, could we, Leia, could you mute the line? It's very bad here. Star one to unmute, Irini. Okay, thank you. Let's take a breath. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. If your own house is in order... But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.